don't try that at home. It might hurt. But what I want you to do right now, is because we really need your help, is I want you to open up your bulletin, and inside you have one of these cards. And I want you to think about your summer and the days that you can volunteer to help serve with the babies. And so I've already filled my card out. I've got my dates, and this is not play, you know. This isn't play, this is for real. I've got my own dates, but I want you to take a look at it. Circle three Sundays that you can serve. You don't have to serve both, both services. You can just pick one service, right? And uh, you can volunteer in preschool, elementary, or either one if it doesn't really matter to you. Uh, pick either service, the 9 o'clock service or the 1110. You do not have to do both in one day. You can, but you don't have No, you can't because you need to come to church. But, uh, uh, and if you're not sure, we'll call you back. I'm not sure what day I can do, but, you know, I will volunteer. We will call you so you can volunteer, okay? So take a moment. We're going to play a little slot show, and I want you to just do that right now if you can. You'll see some of the things that happened last year. And when you are done with it, I want you to slide it to the outside out, and our ushers will grab them for you. Ushers, can you guys get ready to, to start grabbing these cards here in a moment? Are you writing? We need your help. And I promise you, Lynn is not going to have you traverse a chair or juggle hot dog material. We may do the bow and arrow trick, though. That might be fun. If you fill them out, please slide them out to the, uh, to the aisle and someone will grab it for you. Just slide them up. Lift them up if you're ready. If you got it done, just lift it up and that's sure come grab it. We got a few up front here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. About another 20 seconds, 20 seconds and counting. You can take mine. Thank you. Good catch. We got one more here. We got some up front here. Thank you so much. We got two up here. We got one in the middle. Thanks, Ron. And with that, why don't you stand up and greet the person next to you? I need thee, oh.
Shoemake and uh, um, one of the pastors here, Grace, uh, the worship guy, and I just love to be in the presence of the Lord. Anybody, anybody else love to worship Jesus? Love to be in His presence. I mean, there are so many byproducts of in His presence, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. If you have your Bibles, I just want you to go ahead and open them up, and I want you to open it up to Joshua chapter number five, verses thirteen to fifteen. When you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say wait. Verse 13, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to a servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the day. This is the day that you made, and Lord, we celebrate you. We bless you. We magnify your great name. Lord, there is none like you in all the earth. You are hallowed and holy. You are the righteous, holy, and faithful one. And God, we just thank you for your presence in this place. We acknowledge you even now, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear, my tongue to speak, our hearts to receive. God, I pray that I would decrease and that you would explode. 
God, I pray, Lord God, that uh, you prepared a heart for a message and a message for a heart. And God, that you would do only what you can do. That today, Lord God, you give sight to the blind. You would cause the deaf to hear, the mute to sing, the lame to dance. God, that you would even raise the dead in this place. God, I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your anointing that destroys every yoke and every bondage. I thank you that uh, who the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. How are y'all? How's everybody? Y'all good? Y'all doing, you're doing good? Amen. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, today we're going to continue the Yeshua series. And uh, the Yeshua series is really what we call the prequel. It's where we find Christ in the Old Testament, right? Because sometimes we think that Christ showed up just simply 2,000 years ago, but that is not so. He, is, he always was, always is, and always will be, Right? Amen. And so Christ is revealed in the Old Testament, you know, with types and shadows and symbols or even what we would call a theophany. And this series is based on John chapter 5, verse 39, where Jesus is speaking to the religious folks of his day. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it's they that bear witness about me. You know, it's the whole idea, and it's been stated before, that sometimes we can come to church, we can read our Bibles, we can memorize the stories, we can quote the Scriptures, but we can still yet miss the point. And so Jesus is telling these folks, he says, listen, you've done all that, you've memorized, you quoted. I mean, uh, I mean, they had such uh, religiosity uh, with the things that they would do. They would wear Scriptures on their forehead. I mean, just crazy stuff. He said, yet you still missed it. Because it's they that speak about me. It's they that point to me. In fact, Paul said it this way when it came to the moons and Sabbaths and what to eat and what to drink. He says, listen, those things are shadows, but the substance is Christ. Christ is the point. They may have the, the form or the shape, but the actual reality is in Christ. And so we want to take a, a moment and, and, and look at that. And so we started the series, and I had the privilege to open it up, and we looked at and found that Jesus was in the beginning as the Word of God, right? He is before all things. He created all things. You guys remember that, right? He's before all. And so Jesus didn't just simply show up. He was in the beginning. He is God. He's fully divinity. Right? We don't want to mess up and think that there's, we only serve a, a, a human Jesus. But no, he was fully God and he was fully human. And I need that divinity to flow to me. I don't know about you, but I need his divinity to flow to me. I need to learn from his humanity and I need his divinity to flow to me. You guys with me? Then Doug came along and Doug began to talk about, uh, he talked about Noah. And Noah really is a type of Christ. In fact, Noah's name means rest. His father named him that, saying, This one will give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands, arising from the ground which the Lord has cursed. In other words, he says he's a type of Christ. Remember, Christ says, Come all ye that labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So Noah is a type of Christ in that he was to bring rest. And the ark is a symbol of refuge. How many know that Christ is our refuge? It's a symbol of refuge. Then last week, Doug began to speak, teach, and he taught that Christ is our Passover lamb. He's the lamb that comes to take away the sins of the world. 
So that simply means that Jesus' blood is what causes the death angel to pass over us. Thank God for the blood. Anybody grateful for the blood? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. If there was no blood, you still jacked up. Oh, that was the Northlet translation. I'm sorry about that. And so this week, I want to uncover a truth that we sing about and will continue to sing about. And it's the fact that Christ is fighting for us. He is the destroyer of our enemies. He is the commander of the Lord's army. See, remember what we said a few weeks ago, that the most important thing about you is what you think when you think about God. This is A.W. Tozer. He says the most important thing about you is what you think when you think about God. In other words, it's about what revelation has been unveiled to you. A few years ago, uh, well, this is many years ago, God began to speak to me. He says, listen, the, result, the results in your life is based on your response to revelation or to obey truth. I was listening to a friend of mine recently on his podcast, and uh, he said it differently. He said, right revelation, right response, right results. You, when you have the right revelation of Jesus and you respond correctly, then the right results will show up in your life. Well, conversely, if you have the wrong imagination and the wrong respo- uh, response, you have the wrong results. You guys with me? So we want to make sure that our revelation of Jesus is right so we can respond rightly and then that we start getting the results that we see in the Bible. Glory to God. So let's take a few moments and look, about, look at what's in what I would call or theologians call a theophany. A theophany is a visible manifestation to humans of God. Or in this case, I will call it a Christophany. It's an appearance, uh, it's, it is an, an appearance of, or a non-physical manifestation of Christ. In the Old Testament, we call them pre-incarnate appearances. So it was before Christ showed up through Mary's womb. And so I want to take a few moments because I think that God wants to unveil some truths with us, but I think I first have to show you that when we're reading Joshua chapter 5, that Christ showed up. I mean, it's throughout the Old Testament. Doug alluded to it a little bit uh, a few weeks ago when he said he began to talk about Abraham and the angel of the Lord that came to Abraham uh, when uh, he was appealing to God, if there be any righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, Lord, would you, would you, would you spare him? Uh, another moment might be when uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro, I mean, uh, Abednego. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into that fiery furnace and, uh, because they would not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. And he throws them in. He turns up the heat. He turns up so much heat that the people that threw them in the fire furnace burnt up. And the Nebuchadnezzar looks down in there and he says, didn't we throw three people in there? But we see a fourth who has the appearance of the Son of God. We would call that a theophany. Well, God shows up in the Old Testament. So here's another one of those moments that I believe is a theophany where Christ shows up in the Old Testament. 
And I'll give you at least three reasons that I believe that this is more than an angelic visitation. Now, I'm just saying this so that we can get some foundation established. Is that okay? And then we're going to preach a message. Is that okay? Y'all laughing at a brother. It's okay. The first reason is that he sees the commander, uh, verse 14, and he said, No, but I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. Now, the commander of the Lord's army is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts and the commander of the Lord's army are the same thing. And so we will read in Psalms 24, verse 7, he says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts, or the Lord of the armies. He is the King of glory. That is prophetically speaking of Jesus. Revelations 19 11, it says this, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. They talking about Jesus, y'all. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name which, uh, written that no one knows but him. His, uh, his, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 40, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is talking about who? Jesus. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, uh, of, uh, of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That does not look like a, an effeminate Jesus to me. Uh, Y'all you, you know I'm talking about. The effeminate Jesus is the one that Michelangelo painted. And he's like, oh. I'm sorry. Come on now. Jesus is no jellyback, namby-pamby Jesus. He is a God of war. All right. The Bible says that, well, listen, he showed up as a lamb, but he's coming as a lion. Another truth that lets us know that this is more than an angelic visitation, that divinity, the Godhead is showing up here, is the commander's command. And the commander of the Lord's army, verse 15, said, said to Joshua, Take off your sandals, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. Doesn't this sound a little familiar to you? Doesn't that sound familiar? It's Exodus chapter number three, verse five, when when uh, uh, Moses sees the angel of the Lord uh, in a burning bush that was not consumed. God began to speak and said, listen, take off your shoes because the ground you are standing on is holy. What makes the ground holy? God. Because God showed up. 
Another uh, reason why we know that this is more than an a, a, a angelic moment is Joshua's response. Verse 14, uh, and he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does the Lord say to a servant? Joshua falls to worship. Now, I have to, because this has happened before, you know, in the book of Revelation, John sees an angel and he falls down to worship an angel, but the angel rebuked him. So this is how you know that this is real, because angels will rebuke you if you're trying to worship them. Are y'all with me? Revelations chapter 19, verse 10. He says, Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. This is the angel saying, listen, don't bow down to me. Worship God. Y'all okay? Revelation 22, verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brother and the prophets and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. See, this did not take place with Joshua. When Joshua fell down to worship, the, uh, the angel of the Lord received it. Why? Because he was God. Uh, y'all with me? So do we have that established? Because we have to establish that foundation so we can start preaching and grab and hold of some truths and some revelation out here. Is that okay? Okay. So Joshua... Not only is Noah a type of Christ, Joshua is a type of, of Christ. And in fact, the, the name of the series, Yeshua, is Joshua's name. It means the Lord is salvation. How many know that the Lord is salvation? Joshua is a type of Christ because he's the one that bring us, brings us out of, uh, out, out of Egypt into the promise. How many that Christ brings you into your promise? Amen. Okay, I just want to establish a, a few uh, stats about Josh really quick, and we're going to start preaching. Okay. Why y'all laughing? I didn't, did I say a joke? Joshua was Moses' assistant. And the Bible says that Moses would be in the tent of meeting, meeting with God, and Moses would get up and go to the people, but Joshua would stay behind to spend time with God. Right? Just a few facts about Joshua. He was one of the ones who had the good report when they went over to Canaan and says, we are well able. He had the right revelation. He had the right response so he can get the right results. Amen. But what I want you to see is, is I want to connect some things for you, some thoughts with you real quickly, really quickly. Is that okay? Is... Before Joshua had this encounter and before Moses died, God spoke to Moses regarding what he would do with his people and with Joshua. It's Deuteronomy chapter number 31. I believe it's verse 3. This is what God says. I want you to connect. I want you to connect Deuteronomy 31 and 3 with Joshua 5. Okay? 
I think I want to read a little more in context. So let me just open up my Bible here one second here. So you can see your God is a man of war. He ain't no man be pan be Jesus. That's right. 31, 3 to 6. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord God has spoken. And the Lord will do to him as he did to Sihon and, and Og and the kings of the Amorites and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for it, uh, it is the Lord who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Here we go. So God destroys our enemies. Okay? Are you connecting that? Now, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, says is that Jesus is the same. I want y'all, y'all can read that, right? He's the same yesterday and today and He's the same. Okay, so Jesus that shows up in the Old Testament is the same Jesus that we can experience today. Okay, Jesus in the Old Testament destroyed the nations. That word destroyed means to exterminate. I know y'all ain't got roaches, but there's, you know, used to have exterminate them. To get rid of them to destroy them, to eradicate them, to utterly destroy. Christ destroys nations. So in the Old Testament, God destroyed the nations. We had a responsibility to dispossess them. I want you all to get this because sometimes uh, the reason why we are not getting results is that we want Christ to do all the work. Glory to God. Christ has done the work of destroying the nations, but dispossession is a shared responsibility. The reason why I say it's a shared responsibility is because as we go into the land, as we go into a promised land, because Joshua was going into a promised land, he was going into a place he had never been before. God was going to go before him. In other words, Christ always goes before you, and Christ always destroys. Y'all hear me? I know y'all looking at an effeminate Jesus. But I, I want to up your perspective. Right? See, I, another way of saying it is that if you want to upgrade your life, you need to update your mind. If you want to upgrade your life, you need to update your mind. In other words, you got to change the firmware by getting in the book. So that you can get a right revelation of Jesus, so you can respond rightly to Jesus, and you can start getting some right results. Glory to God. That's good preaching, y'all. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not saying that because I'm talking. I'm saying that because sometimes God will download something to me. I'm like, I'm not that smart. It's like a moment that, that Peter had when, uh, when he says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, listen, Simon Barjona, uh, that revelation didn't come from you. My Father revealed that to you. And, then on, and on that revelation, I'm going to build my church. 
And the gates of hell will not prevail. Listen, the gates of hell cannot prevail over a person or believer that walks in a revelation of who Jesus is. Did y'all hear that? The gates of hell cannot prevail over the person or the individual who walks in a revelation of who Jesus is. I know you think that they were talking about Peter, and we're talking about Peter, we're talking about the revelation. God's building his church on a revelation of Jesus. And the gates of hell can't prevail over that. Amen. You know, sometimes you got to give yourself your own amen. I saw you, I heard you over the shark. That's right. God will destroy, we must dispossess. Oh, God. To dispossess means this. To occupy by driving out previous tenants and possessing in their place. To drive out previous tenants, or to occupy by driving out previous tenants and possessing in their place. In other words, the children of Israel were coming out of the wilderness into a promised land, but there were people there. And they were giants. And God says, listen, I'm going to go in and destroy them. I'm going to go before you. So when you walk in that place, you can start occupying and driving them out and possessing what they used to have. Okay, now y'all are like, well, is God a thief? God kicking people out? And it, Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Not to mention that God gave that land to Abraham and said, listen, your descendants will occupy it. Right? Okay. All right. Y'all okay? See, the reason why I'm saying this is because I want you to understand that Christ is fighting for you so you can experience all that God has promised you. Anybody want to experience everything God promised you? Well, listen, Christ goes in to destroy the nations before you so you can dispossess them, so you can experience everything that God has for you. One of the things that I've learned over the eight years of pastoring is, listen, that God wants more for you than he wants from you. Many of us live by the Ten Commandments versus living out of the promises. We didn't know that thou shalt not do's, but not thou shalt do's. But God has more for you than he wants from you. Oh, I hope y'all okay. Hope y'all okay. God wants you to enter your place of promise. I got to speed this up. I only got three minutes. Lord Jesus, I hope y'all getting something. Literally, as the commander of the Lord's army is fighting for Israel, Christ has fought for us when he wrought us a victory on Calvary. Jesus has all I love this. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, When he had disarmed the rulers or the principalities and authorities or powers, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. To disarm is to render powerless. 
to strip them of their authority. Listen, Christ stripped the nations of their authority in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, when Christ went to the cross, he stripped the enemy of his authority over your life. He has no authority over your life. The only authority that the enemy has over your life is the authority you give him. Or the authority that you allow him to have. Are y'all okay? Mm. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. Jesus took on flesh and blood. That through death he might render powerless him who had power of death, that is, the devil. It means to render inoperative. The devil is not supposed to operate in your house. Glory to God. If you don't know that, you just let them run roughshod. 1 John 3, 8, the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy or put an end to the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy. He's the commander of the Lord's armies. Don't let the enemy have any room in your life. Dispossess him. I'm a close. I'm a close. Y'all can get ready to come. Because I ain't got no time. Yeah, that's what you say. You're <laughs> like, take your time. Okay, I'll play a game with you. Who will give me five more minutes? All right, hold up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Five, 15. No, no, five, 10, 15. No, I'm just kidding. All right. No, I'm sorry. Glory to God. Yeah, I'm serious. Y'all can get ready. Y'all can get ready. I'm just, you know, y'all can get ready. I'm, I, I'm serious. Listen, Christ deals with our enemies. Christ dealt with the devil. I mean, I was thinking, Kevin was all up in my junk this morning. Acts 10.38, how you know Jesus Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How many know that God is with you, and he wants to heal you from the oppression of the enemy? But we have a responsibility to partner with God. See, we're not just joint heirs or co-heirs. We're also joint laborers or co-laborers with Christ. And it's time for us to occupy by driving out the enemy in a school system, the enemy in your home, the enemy in your business, the enemy in a church, the enemy in your children. Listen, you can't play nice with the devil. God never played nice with the enemy, the, 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 nation, the enemy nations. He said to exterminate them. Hallelujah.
And so now we, we have that responsibility. And our responsibility is to simply represent them. When I come in a place, I don't represent North Flat. I represent Jesus. Well, what does it mean to represent? To represent is to represent. We represent Jesus. So when people see me like, man, Jesus, North Flat. Because I haven't come in my own authority. I'm an ambassador of Christ. Listen, I, I, I want to pray. Because I believe that the, the enemy has taken residence in places that he has, he's exercising authority in places he shouldn't. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? In some of our lives. Some of our homes, some of our hearts. It's time to deal with them. It's time to represent Jesus, who healed all the oppressed, destroyed all the work. Y'all okay? Can anybody find the courage to believe God with me? That He will do what we cannot do? I don't have time to, to go there, but I just want you to know this. Before you walk in your promise and defeat all your enemies, you must recognize who the leader is. It's Jesus. You must recognize the distinction between him and us. <laughs> you must recognize the holy space. Take off your shoes because the ground you're standing is holy. For God's doing a holy thing. He's doing a new thing. You must recognize your need. You must recognize that he's with us. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the entrance of your word. You said it brings light and makes wiser some. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God. We represent Jesus. God, there are those that are in this place that have private addictions. God, we bind the enemy up in Jesus' name. Father, there are those that are lost and on the grips of the enemy, God. We say, Satan, take you loose from take 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 your hands off them take take your grips off them in the name of Jesus in the same way that Michael the archangel rebuked Satan God we rebuke him in Jesus name and Lord we understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but principalities and rulers and wickedness and in dark places oh God and we recognize oh God we don't wrestle with flesh and blood our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds of God. In Jesus' name, God, may every person at the sound of my voice be set free. In Jesus' name, God, may every person walk in wholeness and healing. In Jesus' name, cancers, diabetes, heart disease.
disease. God, in Jesus' name, in your name, by your blood, and in the word, God, we stand on your word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I pray that you are glorified, Jesus, in every life. God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it. God is fighting, God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. Shout it out, shout God is fighting for us, pushing up the darkness, fighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus. Get a beast in here, then we will shout it God is fighting, God is fighting for us, pushing up the darkness. God bless you. Have a super Sunday. Bye-bye.